Good morning. You're listening to River City Revival. This is Reverend Liz Jackson, and today's sermon is on education and attitudes, Yah's power of belief, and we're going to look at Albert Ellis and his rational emotive behavior therapy. As always, in the description box of the podcast, you will find a link to the Lion's Tears Ministry. Now, hearing the title, you may wonder why we are discussing Albert Ellis, or you may be asking yourself who this guy is. Well, I'm going to explain to you who he is and why I firmly believe Abba Yah gave Albert Ellis this information that he uses in his institute and has taught um, throughout the field of psychology. So Albert Ellis is an American psychologist. He was born September 27, 1913, and he died July 24, 2007. He developed the psychotherapeutic approach known as Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, which aims to help patients overcome irrational beliefs and unrealistic expectations. Now, when I learned about him and studied him in my psychology classes, I, like, he opened my eyes and... I was able to understand what it is that he implemented because when we change our beliefs about a situation, we change the way, one, we perceive that situation, the way we perceive ourselves regarding that situation, and we also change our behavior. So we're going to talk about all this as well so keep following along REBT's ABC theory the diagnostic step based on Ellis's theory that individuals are blaming outward events on their negative emotions instead of their interpretation of these events the ABC model was proposed So A stands for activating event, and that's an event that happens in the environment. Your environment, again, is anything. It's your home. It's your society. It is anything that has an influence upon you. That is what makes up your environment. This event can be anything that triggers you and makes you upset. Sometimes triggers are certain smells, noises, um, something someone said can just trigger, a trigger word even can take you into a PTSD mode unaware Um, It can stop you in your tracks. Anything that triggers you and makes you upset. These triggers can be also a traumatic event, such as a natural disaster, a pandemic, abuse, 
neglect, rape, all the negativity. Fill in the blank. It can be the loss of a loved one. It can be, again, any traumatic event. B stands for your beliefs. And the belief you have about the event that happened. So some common beliefs about the events or triggers that happen are, it's all my fault. If I was only a better person, if I was only wealthier, I could have prevented blah, blah, blah. I'm dirty and disgusting and I deserve to be treated like shit. If only I knew what I knew now, I could have changed blah, blah, blah. Or, I know some people hold this belief because I was one of them before the Lord God intervened in my life. I used to believe that if God loved me, He would not have allowed this event to happen. C stands for consequence. C, or consequence, is the emotional response to your belief. And some common emotional responses to your beliefs include yelling at your children's spouse or co-workers for no reason, suicidal thoughts and ideations, cutting, depression, isolation, poor hygiene, poor housekeeping, anger and rage, drinking, drugs, and sex, forming addictions that you normally wouldn't have had, such as gambling. This model was developed to educate others of how beliefs are the cause of emotional and behavioral responses, and not that events cause our emotional reactions. So here's an example that I hope will help you understand better. So we have A, we have the activating event. Your spouse falsely accuses you of cheating on him or her. B, which is your belief, because your spouse accused you of cheating on him or her, you now believe, what a jerk. He or she has no right to accuse me of that because all I do is go to work and come home and I don't have time for anybody or I'm always with my family. So this is what you could be thinking. So then see, you start feeling angry and upset. And again, see is your consequence. So the consequence of you feeling that your spouse is a jerk starts making you feel upset. So if you had a different belief, which is B, the emotional response C could be different. So your spouse accuses you of cheating on him or her falsely because you're not. Your belief thus can become this cannot be our relationship and this is not how it ends that would be too much to bear if we got a divorce so then you start feeling anxious that your relationship 
might end. So instead of feeling that your wife or husband is a jerk, you believe this can't be the end of our relationship, that would be too much, and instead of feeling angry up and upset, you are now feeling anxious that your relationship might end. Here again, the ABC model is illustrating that it is not the event that causes the emotional response. Rather, it is the belief about the event that causes the emotional response. Because people interpret and respond differently to events. We don't always have the same emotional response to a given event. The beliefs that end up in negative emotions are, according to Albert Ellis, a variation of three common irrational beliefs. Coined as the three basic musts, these three common irrational beliefs are based on a demand about ourselves, a demand about others, or a demand about our environment. These three beliefs are... I must do well and win others' approval or else I am no good. Others must treat me fairly and kind and in the same way I want them to treat me. If they do not treat me this way, they are no good people and deserve to be punished. And number three, I must always get what I want when I want it. Likewise, I must never get what I don't want. If I don't get what I want, I am miserable. If we don't realize must number one, we likely feel anxious, depressed, shameful, or guilty. If we are not treated fairly, as per must number two, we usually feel angry and may act violently. And if we don't get what we want, which is what number three states, we we may feel self-pity, worthless, and procrastinate. According to Albert Ellis, the following are the three major insights of rational emotive behavior therapy. When individuals understand and accept that the main cause of emotional reactions are their beliefs about an event instead of the event itself. That is, we just don't get upset from an event. We upset ourselves because of our irrational beliefs. When people acquire irrational beliefs, if they do not deal with them, they hold on to the belief and it is what continues to upset them in the present. This is, these individuals still wholeheartedly believe in the three musts. Ellis made it clear that understanding these insights do not make us inherently better. That is, understanding these beliefs and having insights to how they affect our emotional response is not enough to cure us. In reality, the best way to better and stay better through REBT is to continually work on recognizing our irrational beliefs, disputing them, changing our irrational musts, 
am transforming negative emotions into more positive ones. Simply put, the only way to get better is through the hard work of changing our beliefs. It takes time and practice. All of season two was about how we could learn to let go. What it meant to walk in the flesh. What it meant for our morals, ethics, and values. And how we change and put on the word of God. That was what season two was all about. Season three, we're going to learn to change our perspective. We're going to learn more about where demonic energy comes from. We're going to learn more about breaking those generational curses. We're going to learn more about how we can fully love to walk in the spirit of the Lord God Almighty with his fruits. When we bear fruit, we ex- you know, we change our perspective. We can see the world in a different light because we are shining his light. The light doesn't focus on the darkness. Our, when the Lord God is within us, he does not focus on our past and our past mistakes. He tells us it is okay to move forward because that's what he wants. So season three is going to be all about you know, changing our beliefs to what the word of God says and how we can see our lives in a different light because it is, Albert Ellis said, it is practice. It takes time. The Lord God said it takes time. Every day we have to cast out and subdue our flesh. Are we good at doing that every day? No, we fall. But when we fall, we get up and we repent. We don't hold on to our negative, irrational thoughts. We don't beat ourselves up. We don't continue to fall in a state of depression. We don't continue to walk the way that we used to walk when we fall. When we fall, we tell Abba, I am sorry, Lord. Please forgive me, Father. Help me up. Protect me. I can't do this on my own. But getting into a habit of doing that requires us to change our beliefs about what we've been through. So when we understand that our emotions drive us to do things we normally wouldn't do, we can change the way we behave. We can change our actions. Abba told us his morals, values, ethics, principles, integrity, also known as righteousness, is what saves us. When we put on his word, we no longer hold on to those irrational beliefs about ourselves or others. And it is irrational to continue to believe that you deserved to be raped, that you deserved to be beaten, that you deserved to be stolen from, or cheated on, or whatever has happened to you. When you know you are not the person if you committed crimes, or the victim if you sub, you know, endured horrific things in your life, if you were an abusive person and you're no longer that, then Abba has changed you. You don't have to 
feel guilty for being a murderer if you're in prison and you're really trying to change. The Lord God hung himself on a tree between murderers and told Barabbas that today you would be in paradise with me. And if you read the gospel of Nicodemus upon the Holy Spirit fleeing from the flesh body of Yahusha, Yahusha descended into hell. Barabbas was down there and he took him and everybody else and opened the gates of heaven. And that's what he's doing for us. Abba Yah has changed us and the thoughts that we hold about our past should be disintegrating and easier to manage and to notice when the depression and the anxiety starts to seep in. And the more we focus and meditate on the word of God and incorporate Abba Yah's word in our life, all of your depression and anxiety and worries should become less and less because it is about changing your perspective. It is changing your beliefs. It is changing the way you see this world. When you put on the word of God, that changes you. We learned about that in season two, how learning new information creates new synapses in your brain. And you're not the same person that you was before you knew the information that you just learned. So what does Abba Yah's word say about changing our perspective? Romans 8, 35 through 29, or 39, excuse me tells us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, no power, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Abba Yah, not unless we allow it to. Paul says neither distress, nor persecution, nor fame, or famine, excuse me, or fame, because famous people sell their souls to get the riches that they want, and that's a choice. So fame, include that in there. When we are in the constant state of sadness, anger, rage, addiction, because of trauma, we have allowed that activating event, which is A, to control us. Abba Yah is or should be the spirit within you, not guilt, not shame, not fear, not malice, not jealousy, not envy. Those spirits are unclean. 
So when we feel shame or guilt, when we're thinking that it was my fault, this person took advantage of me, it is never your fault. Those people run not with the Lord God Almighty. When we continue to live in old wineskins, we leave Abba Yah. When we continue to live in the old thought process, we leave Abba Yah. When we continue to hold on to our irrational beliefs and continue to persecute ourselves internally, because we have those ruminating thoughts that don't stop because they're telling us that we are worthless, we're disgusting, we deserve every negative thing that we get. And when you stay in the thought process, you leave Abba Yah because you're not thinking about what the Lord God has done for you. You're not thinking about how far he's pulled you out of the trenches. You're not thinking about how many times he has saved you from yourself and mistakes that you were about to make or you did make and there weren't consequences. When we continue to live in the old thought process, Abba Yah cannot dwell properly within us. So then we create that discord that we read about in the flesh how we create discord that's part of the process when we live in the flesh we are creating a discord a disunion from the Lord God and we are choosing to sever our thoughts from him so when we live again in our old thought processes we leave the Lord God Almighty It is never too late to change your perspective. It is never too late to say, I'm done with these irrational beliefs. I am going to continue my walk with the Lord God the best I can. In the times that these beliefs are trying to infiltrate my mind, I am going to rely on some positive affirmations. I'm going to listen on YouTube some positive affirmations from the Bible, Soakstream Media, if you are needing some meditation music for healing or for sleep or just to relax, Soakstream Media uses Bible verses set to meditation music that helps you calm down. You're still getting the word of God and it is a beautiful voice that reads it to you, calm and mellow, and it just relaxes you. When you start feeling those irrational thoughts are the weight of the world, you need to try to intervene in that moment you immediately realize what is going on. You have to remember it is a battle for your mind. So changing the way you handle your irrational thoughts has to be in a positive way. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to suffer. Ephesians 6.12 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against wicked, spiritual wickedness in high places. When you change your perspective about who rules the world the way it is now, which that is also a sermon if you have not listened to it or read it, I highly suggest you do. 
you will begin to suggest it is a heart or to understand rather I skipped the line I'm sorry when you learn who rules the world the way it is now you begin to understand it is a heart and mind issue people's actions come from our hearts and from our minds when we think negative we produce negative results i firmly believe demons exist i have seen them manifest before my eyes many times in different people i believe when rape molestation abuse of any kind murders and other horrific events occur it is due to demonic energy controlling people or persons performing these acts because the horrific event is a behavior that others are doing and you cannot validly sit there and say that you deserved to be raped that you deserved to be molested that you are dirty so it is okay that these people take advantage of you that you don't mean anything to anybody so you get into bad and abusive relationships and you stay there longer because you think you deserve it when you do not These people who kill, who destroy, they are controlled by demonic energy, by Satan and the fallen angels and the demons that were produced by the Nephilim and the union of the angels and man. There is a law in order to everything and the angels were never to mix with us. Those spirits didn't have a soul because they did not have the breath of the Lord God within them. And he, the Lord God, said he is going to cleanse the earth of all of that in the end. So we have to be mindful and hopeful. And folks, it's Halloween season. Have you driven in your communities? Have you seen people's yards? Many people worship the demons and the evil. They display it in their yards. I don't know how many homes here in St. Anne, Missouri have graveyards in their yards now in honor of Halloween or witches or demon-like creatures in their yard or skeletons if you can celebrate halloween and watch all these scary demonic movies and accept that halloween is you know really a pagan festival and it is honoring demonic energies which it really is then why can why is it hard to rationalize that demons and negative spirits control people and do these horrific behaviors. If you can celebrate Halloween, if you can acknowledge Halloween, then you're acknowledging that demons and evil exist. So why can you not acknowledge that demons and evil control people?
That's what Ephesians 6.12 is all about. Demons controlling people. Principalities that rule the air. The air, again, our thoughts, because everything is energy, relates to everything. We talked a little bit in season two about how unclean spirits can attach to us. Unclean spirits attach to us by willful sin. For example, adultery is willful sin. So therefore, you're probably going to, if the Lord God allows, take on a negative energy. You're going to start feeling guilty if you really loved your wife and it was a one-time mistake. Or if you really love the person you're cheating on, you feel guilty that you're still married. Guilt is an unclean spirit. For me rationalizing my trauma that I've experienced, the trauma that my daughters have experienced. Ephesians 6.12 is what gets me through that. The moment the Lord God showed me that it is a heart and mind war that we are facing and waging, Ephesians 6.12 is what I hang everything on it put into perspective why things happened the way things happened we cannot control what people do we cannot control what other people think we cannot control how other people act we cannot control anything that anybody else does, especially to us. But what we can control is, okay, that event happened, and as horrific and as damaging as it was, do you, A, continue to believe it was your fault and that you deserved it, or do you, B, try to make the best sense of it as possible and move forward? Because if you're in a constant state of depression, anxiety, and being guilt and feeling shame and whatever else, you have not fully let what happened to you go. And that's not what the Lord God wants for you because you're not able to prosper because you're always holding on to that spirit of guilt and shame and fear. And that is not what the Lord God wants of your life. Abba Yah uses everyone if we allow him to we can step in his way and a lot of times he's going to push us out of the way which is why some of our trials and tribulations seem to be rough and hard but if he has a purpose that he definitely needs you on this earth for something major if you are given a gift of foresight and of prophecy and you're holding that in one day he's going to make it to where you don't hold it in no more. And sometimes it takes drastic measures to get you in alignment with his will. Did you know that King David committed adultery? He had a man killed and then because of his actions, the Lord God took his child. So we're going to read 2 Samuel 11, 2 through 5, and then we'll skip down um, a couple verses also. Late one afternoon, 
after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Yura the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. Let's get down to verses 14 through 21 because once David learns Bathsheba's pregnant David arranges for her husband's death so the next morning David wrote a letter to Joab and gave it to Yura to deliver the letter instructed Joab station Yura in the front lines where the battle is fiercest then pull back so he will be killed so Joab assigned Yura to a spot close to the city wall where he knew the enemy's strongest men were fighting. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight, Yura the Hittite was killed along with several other Israelite soldiers. Then Joab sent a battle report to David. He told his messenger, report all the news of the battle to the king, but he might get angry and ask, why did the troops go so close to the city? Did they know or did they not know there would be shooting from the walls? Wasn't Amalbek's son of Gideon killed at Thebes by a woman who threw a millstone down on him from the wall? Why would you get so close to the wall? Then tell him Yura the Hittite was killed also. The outcome of this was horrific. Sometimes we must understand that we are being punished for our actions. Abiyah caused David's baby to die. And this is found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, 15, and 18. After Nathan returned to his home, the Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Yura's wife. Then on the seventh day, the baby died. Sometimes we bring things upon ourselves. David and Bathsheba knew it was a sin to commit adultery. Then David got her pregnant because it does take two. So they both got pregnant. Then David ordered a hit on Bathsheba's husband. And to me, that sounds like a new Netflix series. But you know what? At this point, we have to accept what we have done in the past as well as forgive us and forgive ourselves and ask the Lord God to forgive us. David asked the Lord God to forgive him. But sometimes it takes Abba Yah drastic measures to get us where he needs us to be. Why do we want to keep staying negative? 
when in this case it costs David his child's life our sin has repercussions if we're the one committing it in this case adultery by two people knowing it was wrong ordering a hit on another woman's husband resulted in the Lord God shaking David's house so hard that their love child died that is a lesson that only the Lord God can instill on you sometimes it takes drastic events for the Lord God to wake you up when one is addicted to drugs and alcohol I believe alcohol is a major drug that should be illegal we are harming our children just like David did we are putting them in jeopardy and not only our children that are born but our children that reside still as sperm and egg because drugs do affect your sperm and your eggs we cause more harm to our families when we are drug addicts when we are murderers when we are cheaters when we commit adultery we are tearing our families apart these things break up homes and it breaks up our mind and then we can sit here and wonder why there's a higher rate of teen suicide or teen suicidal attempts when we break up our homes because we're doing sinful things we are no better than Abba Yah taking that innocent child of David's and Bathsheba and putting it to death because we are killing our children we are killing their spirit when we as adults go and do sinful things so you may argue Abba punished an innocent child but again that's what we do when we cheat or when we murder people when we are violent to our spouses or to each other when we are on drugs DFS comes and takes your children if you're an abusive parent if you are neglectful to your elders there's abuse hotlines it's the same thing except the Lord God illustrated it for you to learn from he used David as an example he said if the two of you continue to mess around things are gonna happen in your family and in this case the baby died from an illness sometimes it takes drastic measures to wake us up the Lord God says in Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope sometimes we get in the way of our blessings because we don't know how to accept everything is a part of Abba Yah's plan when we constantly focus on what if this or what if that didn't happen 
We are not living in the present. And we are living and allowing the evil to win. When we are sad, depressed, angry, upset, we let the evil win. Because feeling all of that is going to cause us to do something we regret. However, Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 states, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. We create our own Babylon when we remain focused on the past, on depression, on the negative events. Babylon in Hebrew is H894 and it means confusion. Everything in the Bible is a lesson and holds meaning. Same way with the word Babylon. When we are trying to move forward and heal, yet we tend to let the triggers and the emotions run us, we thus create a state of confusion. We then start doubting our progress. We start questioning our calling in our life. We start questioning our life. And we may think that our healing and health no longer matter. Abba Yah says, When you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Abba Yah tells us in Matthew, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We do not have to live in a constant state of confusion. Abba wants us to lay our burdens at his feet and lean on him. And we may not understand his ways, but nowhere in the Bible does he say he wants us to continue punishing ourselves for our past mistakes or for what the people whom we cannot control have done to us. We also cannot control the weather, nor can we control the current pandemic. What we can do is understand and change our perspective on what is going on. Regarding this pandemic, for me, I believe that it is part of Abba Yah and His judgment. I do believe we are in Revelation, and Abba Yah's return is close. I know He will manifest Himself to us all, and oh, what a glorious day that is going to be. I also understand hurricanes and natural disasters are common, and we do see things intensify in regions of the world, more so now than what we have in prior years. And I do believe that some of these fires on the east coast of the United States is also due to Abba Yah's judgment. Ezekiel 15 verse 8 says, I will make the land desolate because they have acted unfaithfully. Abba Yah does not enjoy bringing destruction upon his people. And we are all his people. It's just some of us are too stubborn to see and to make the necessary changes. 
Exodus 32:14 states, and the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. The Lord God feels remorse. He doesn't like bringing destruction or chaos or causing events like in David's case to occur because we are not doing our part. Again, things happen when the majority Again, majority, excuse me, of us do not walk in faith. The rest of us who do, we do get to experience some of the repercussions, such as hurricanes and disasters that are bigger and in full force, the fires, the current pandemic. We've, we are experiencing those repercussions. But know in the last days that we are protected. It is just like the Lord God protecting his people in Egypt when he sent the plagues and wrath on Pharaoh. He instructed them to paint the blood of the lamb. And we have the blood of our lamb, Yahushua HaMashiach, dwelling in us now. And it is the same principle because the Lord God knows who is in our hearts and minds. It's just about changing the way we perceive the things that are happening or that have happened. And the Lord God says in Psalm 91, 1 through 8, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys in midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. When we reside in the shelter of the Most High, none of our past, none of the present, none of the future can harm us. Because we have put on righteousness and we have decided to move forward with the Lord God. We have made a choice to keep pushing, to endure until the end. That's what he says. But we have to remember it is a battle for our hearts and minds. And if our hearts and minds are in constant conflict with the events of the past or the events of the present and we put our guilt and shame upon us. We are not living. We are living in the spirit of guilt and shame and fear, and those are unclean spirits. Things may have happened to you that were caused by other people or caused by your own actions. Again, David's example, or by Abba Yah, but you still have two choices. You can continue to beat yourself up 
Or you can change your perspective, which really does change your life. The choice is yours, and it is a constant battle for your mind. So please, please remember that. Our beliefs about ourselves and life are powerful. We hold the power to create or destroy. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. This power can create love or hate. This power can be utilized for self-control or for self-pleasure and sin. This power can be used for self-defeating emotions and thoughts and irrational behavior. Or, again, this power that the Lord God gave us can be put to use to change our perspective so that we can experience abundance, love, joy, self-control, kindness, gentleness, all the fruits of the Spirit. When we remain in our memories and form irrational beliefs, we are in the spirit of fear, and that is not what Abba Yah wants for us. He wants us to be free. He wants us to reside and continue to walk with Him, but that occurs when we change our perspective about what is going on now or what has happened to us in the past and we break those change and we allow the Lord God to change us and free us. As always, it's never goodbye, but I'll see you later.